Here we are, another edition of the Audible on the air. And, John, it is slow, slow, slow in the world of football. And it's hot, 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 hot outside. Oh, man, you know what? And, and I, I keep, every time I get out of my car, you, you know when it really gets hot? Do you have to peel here? yourself out of the car? Damn near. <laughs> I, I do. I know. Myself. You know I got to peel myself out of the car? Because I don't want to take my fat ass and get it outside in the sun. <laughs> That's why. I want to I stay in the air conditioning I know. in my car. It's miserable. But you, you know how I know it's always that the worst time of summer? Is when I when I whenever I I open I stop my car open the door and get out my my glasses just fog over yeah go, that's oh, an indication shit, it's the summertime here one one of my indications is when I get in the car after uh, leaving the facility and I can't touch the top of the steering wheel yeah, exactly. I, you know you're supposed to go ten and two yeah. I'm like at five thirty and six thirty yeah. at the bottom maybe trying to, you, you're, to wheel you're, myself you're around Fort Lauderdale in there and you come back and your phone's on yeah. overheated mode yeah it won't work <laughs> just, it refuses just holding it in front of the air conditioner while you're driving it down needs the to be hydrated yeah, my phone exactly. needs to be hydrated that's exactly it is it's pee is too too, is too, too <laughs> yellow. dark of a yellow color it's got to it's got to thin out a little bit you know gets you cleared up there a little that's bit that's right yeah it is that time and so and really you know we, we always talk about the National Football League how well they've done of, of keeping themselves in the in the headlines for 12 months a year well I'm gonna I'm I'm change that to 11 months yeah because this this end, end of, of end, June end, July yeah, is, is a dead it's yes. a dead it's a dead zone the only time and, and you hope it's dead for the Miami Dolphins because the only oh, time yeah. you hear something is when someone gets in if trouble you hear something it's gonna be bad during this period yeah. of time no doubt about it and it, it's gonna happen somewhere you just you hope it's not your guys and you hope it's not uh not this thing but you know it's it's an opportunity for uh you know, it's an opportunity for the NBA to kind of scrape out what they're doing with their draft and in and, and their summer leagues and stuff That's like right. that. And look, you got the Women's World Cup getting a little spotlight now. A little bit of that. We had the hockey of, draft yeah. uh, last week as well. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a little bit of stuff going on. You got a major coming up yeah. in the Open Championship yeah. for golf. But uh, well, it is that, football wise, bare bones. It's, it's zero. It's like, uh, you know, you come here and, and it's used to coming here all the time, uh, you know, on a, on a somewhat daily basis and, and seeing activity and. You know, it's just crickets out here. Well, speaking of crickets, let's throw in Wimbledon because Joe would be mad if we didn't mention Wimbledon. Because I'm sure he's still slaying all the writers out there in the summertime. No no doubt. I I think you... I think he had who do you have out there? Hal Habib. No, Hal, he, he, he didn't go he's with Hal. Hal Habib up too much. Hal, <laughs> Hal you know, Hal, Hal can't. And, you know, and he gets all those. You gets all those guys that, that when you look at him, like Ira Winderman, he plays Ira Winderman. Yeah, I look at Ira Winderman and I go, this son of a bitch can't do anything athletic. Now, what damn thing can he do athletic? And I, I bet Joe even limps out there when you know, he goes he does, to play he him. Does. And, come and, on, come on, Ira, you got a shot. And he hits that little shot. We're oh, geez, you were that close to you know, y'all, y'all almost, you almost had got it. there. You almost got there, Ira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been on the other end of those things. It's not any fun. Hey, uh, John, we got some we got some questions that some people have got uh, has have, have come in on, and uh, perfect. And we're asking you guys, you know, during this time that it kind of kind of opens us the door to spend a little time with the people that listen to the show. Whether you come on Facebook and Twitter, uh, we can go ahead and. And get to some of those questions, but you know, last week, John, we when we talked, we talked about the, the rookies and, mm-hmm. and what's expected of them, who we feel is going to make an impact. And as we said, there needs to be three or four of those guys that make an impact, and I mean an impact where it makes your football team better, right? You know, not just it makes line a up, difference, not just line up and play, but you got to got, got to find some guys. This team needs to find guys that start playing, even like even you know even your first round pick. 
Christian's got to, you know, you expect a lot out of him. You know what? He got to play better than we expect out of him. Well, and he, he has a chance to. I yeah. mean, this is a guy that's a unique talent. We talked about the multiple positions he can play, the, the personality that he has, the toughness he plays with, the, the production that the guy plays with. But on a team lacking for superstars and lacking for guys that you feel like are difference makers, if you're the first guy selected – for the Miami Dolphins in the first round, 13th pick overall, you have to come in yeah. and make an instantaneous impact. I'm talking about in a lot of ways, not just affecting uh, running, uh, yeah. stopping the run, not just affecting you know, the passer, not affecting plays behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, affecting the culture of the team, yep. affecting guys around you that make them play better because yep. of your play. All that comes into that's his responsibility, whether he likes it or not. It's being thrusted on his shoulders. But you, but you look at him, and I think everything we know about him don't don't you feel that that's his personality oh no no he's welcoming this with open arms it's not a burden for this guy he's accepting it he wants more of that because that's the culture he came from there were there were guys he lined up with that are going to other nfl teams that feel exactly the same way that christian wilkins feels and yeah and then so it's uh he's one of those guys but then you know long and we talked about all those rookies last week you know there there's some other guys that, that need to pick up the pace that need to step up and, and 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 I'm not saying that they've been playing poorly but you know there there's a natural growth period and and there are some guys here that have have have, have gotten better where they're here but they're to the point in their career where they've got to take that big step forward now they got to take that big step where they're they're pressing a pro bowl opportunity well, maybe they're, they're, it's Wilkins that brings right, it out in exactly. those guys right yep. maybe it's it's the play of a guy next to you and you could probably attest yep. to that the multiple positions that you lined up yep. a guy next to you can affect the way you play oh, absolutely you know good or bad yeah and, and you know you've got to you know sometimes in those situations it, it, it comes down to just sometimes just putting petty things aside right you know this guy I don't care for him that much he's that kind of grates on me a little bit but once you step on the field, it doesn't matter. Do That's your my job. Guy. Uh, yeah, and, and, right. And when I, whatever I can do to help you, whatever you can do to help me, exactly. it's got to be part of it. And this is going to be one of those teams that everybody's going to be relying on and everybody else because they just don't have the star power to say, hey, we got six guys on this team that are pro bowlers and they're going to carry us to the they're, promise they're, yeah. land. It's not not the case. So as, as we kind of look at it, let's kind of look over on that that defensive side first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the guys that, that, that come out to me who – who I've been extremely happy with since they've come here, were both Devon Gotcha and Vincent Taylor. Yes. Two young defensive tackles. You know, Gotcha was the first guy, as soon as you saw him, you go, oh, this guy can play. This guy's something. And Vincent Taylor kind of trailed behind him, but may have overtaken Gotcha a little bit. In one of these. But both of those guys, <clears throat> it would go a long way for this football team if both of those guys could take that big step forward and really solidify the middle of that defensive line and and give uh, give Christian Wilkins that an opportunity to maybe move around a little bit, get a little vers- little take a little more advantage yeah. of his versatility, but but I think those two guys um, are, are what I'm talking about in guys that have been here. Now they know it. They know what it takes. They know what's expected of them. Now they've got to vault into that next next range of players. And I think they have new expectations. Anytime you change a coaching staff, you got a new defensive coordinator, a new head coach that's defensive sound, you know, yep. defensive mentality. He's sound on that side of the football and being able to teach and and being able to grow young players. I think both of those guys have a chance. And and it's funny how guys uh 
you know, progress in their early in their careers. We thought of Vincent Taylor as being like an afterthought. Yeah. You know, he was a guy that, oh, he, you know, he's blocked kicks on special teams and on field goal tries, and he's been able to do, you know, like plug, be a plug stopper against the yeah. run. Well, the Dolphins have been poor stopping the run over the last, you know, before Vincent and, yeah. and, and Devon have even, you know, donned a Miami Dolphins uniform. But those two guys are going to be empowered with growing a little bit faster than expected and being able to be mainstays on that defensive front. And I like the way Vincent Taylor, his body has grown. He's bigger. Yeah. He's stronger. He's more agile than when he came in. And Godchow, he had all those yeah. kind of quick twitch tendencies. And he's the guy that I think is, you know, is going to grow at, at the same rate or even faster because of the game the game, he's been in the game. Yeah. He's been in the plays. He's been in the fray a lot longer, and I think he's he's got the ability to to really go out and take his game to the next yeah, level. And I think last year for those guys, when I look at them, those were years where I think they start looking. Hey, I, I can be something in this league. I, I can. It's I not get, too big for it's me. It's not too big for me. Yeah. Now, now I got to be that guy that, like I said, you know, getting a little Pro Bowl recognition, being a guy that hey, that did you're talking about? Hey, this guy, this guy deserves to be be talked about in that vein, and and. Now's the time that they've got to step up and get there. And, you know, I, I think sometimes it, it, it's really good for a player when he looks around and when he's young, he's got Cam Wake and he's got Robert Quinn and, and he's got, you know, other players that make him better. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's going into year three, maybe year four, maybe, you know, year two because of injury. And you look around and go, well, I can play in this game. Yeah. I know I can play in the National Football League at high level. And it's good not to see sometimes those yeah. guys because it's on me now. Well, the other thing, too, is is they're going to be expected to be leaders now. Now, they were the followers. I mean, you had when Sue was here, when they first right. came in, and you talked about, you know, guys like William Hayes and uh, and Quinn and, 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 and Cam Wade. Right. Andre those, Branch, those guys, you know, guys those, like that. Those guys carried the weight of, of being a veteran and being a guy that, that kind of delivers a message. Now, now they're the veterans. Right. They're, they're, they've got to be the leaders in there. They've got to step up and, and, and add that to their repertoire as they move on. Along with that, along that defensive line, the, the other guy that, that really, you know what, this is a guy that, you know, he's, he's, been a step, he's been a step short. He's been a step short since the day he's got there, since he's gotten here. I'm not saying he's played poorly, but he's got to make up that step now. Instead of just missing the play by a by half a step, instead of you know the guy just you know maybe being that far away from him, maybe getting the hand of the ball in the quarterback's hand. Charles Harris, first round pick three years ago, it's it's time for him now to to take over that role as being one of those key guys that that people have to key on. You know you. You know, you you know you're there when you get to the point where someone goes, "Hey, we got to we got to we got to every locate, play, got to locate where this guy is." Every yeah, play. every play. And kind of what the what the word you've been hearing about him now, talking a little stand up, maybe some do some different things, three four four three, as a as a swing player for you in that situation. Uh, and and he's got for the sake of his football team, for the betterment of the defense, and for to extend his career. He's got to have that kind of year. I think so. You know, everybody's been waiting for Charles Harris to, you know, get that 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 sack you talk about. Yeah. You know, that where he just beats the living daylights out of an offensive tackle, either with speed, either yeah. with power, or a combination of both. 
and he zeroes in, locks in on the quarterback and takes him to the ground. Yeah. Or it's that strip sack yeah, where the ball's bobbling around and, and you get on it and either somebody scoops and scores or you change the momentum yeah. of a game. That's what first rounders do. They change and alter the outcomes of football games. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet, unfortunately, for Charles Harris. Now, due to maybe the names that were already yeah. here or due to the opportunities, the limited chances that he had in, in a first couple of years where he didn't make an impact or an immediate impact, but it's got to go on. He's one of those guys that the light has to shine yeah. brightly this year. The, the stage is, is cleared for him. Yes, it, it, it's his stage now. And and you, you're talking about you got you know it's that you know it's that you know four minutes to go in the game, fourth quarter. You're up by two. You need it. Team's driving down the field, critical third down, and you come up with a sack that puts the game away. Right. You know that that's what that's what Charles Harris needs to be. This year, we saw it from Cam. We saw it from Quinn a little bit. We saw it from all those guys. We saw it from Sue at times. Right. You know, and, and so he needs to he needs to be one of those guys. And you had a chance to to catch up with Charles and kind of see what's going on with him during the off off season. So let's kind of see what's in what's in his mind as he moves forward. It's my pleasure. Anytime a, a guy like Charles Harris uh, comes in, it's it's nice to sit down and talk with the youth. The, the guys that are going to be here for a long time as members of the Miami Dolphins defensive end, Charles Harris, thanks for joining uh, the Audible today. And, and actually, just to, to come in and talk about your experience, because it seems like, you know, you think about 2017, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but you're already in your third year. What's it feel like to you? Uh, you does it feel like you just got here? Do you feel like a, a vet now? What does it feel like for you? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. Um, but yes, it is my third year. Um I don't think it went by fast. I think it went by, went by like the perfect timing. Like it wasn't a blur. It wasn't you know too slow or anything like that. I think it was just perfect timing. But yeah, it's year three. Uh, shoot, I am considered a vet now. So. <laughs> That's right, right? Yeah. So I it mean, awesome. it seems weird. It seems weird because I can remember when you were drafted, yeah. and I can remember you know you coming in and doing your first interview and talking with you. And now you look around. Well, it's a new head coach. It's a new staff. It's it's new guys on the team. There's a lot of R's next to guys' names when I look down the roster. Yeah. So you got to feel like you know you've been here for a while. And even though even the schemes are new, defensive terminology might be a little bit new now with uh, the coaching changes. It, you're a veteran guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Things have been changing. Um, it's funny because me and other, you know, guys that came in my class is thinking like, man, we done had, you know, a lot of changes and stuff like that. But um, it's just amazing how we was all able to withstand it all and um, been able to adapt, you know, to change and be able to weather the storm. So we uh, we have high hopes uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, I know that we're all going to do great things. You know, with change comes, a, it seems like it comes like a, a new attitude. You, you get a fresh start. You know, you get a clean slate. And I think that's what head coach Brian Flores brings to the Miami Dolphins. I, I see a lot of change on the way things are, are run in practice. I see a lot of attention to detail from a player's perspective. What do you see uh, out of your new head coach and what he brings to the table? I mean, a lot of the same things. I mean, like you said, the attention to details, um, you know, like uh, Coach PG sort of said, we don't have time to get things right. You know, we don't have time. We don't have time to wait until camp. We don't have time to wait until, you know, the season or preseason to get things right, but we got to get it right right now. Um, even though it is, you know, summer camp and everything like that, and a lot of teams probably, you know, they probably look at these days just, you know, careless. They might not go through uh, the details and everything, the ins and outs, but PG and, you know, Coach Flores, they kind of, you know, they really harp on the details and really harp on us getting it down right now. 
And um, I think a lot of the guys on the team are receptive of that and are willing to, you know, get things done the right way and to get it done now. You know, you, you mentioned Coach Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. And is that, who's going to be the rookie that's going to have to imitate him for the rookie show and get to that octave when he starts to look like he's going to have a heart attack on the field and he gets that high-pitched voice? I just can't wait to see who that guy's going to be. Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be Christian, like no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you think It'll so? It'll definitely be Christian, yeah. Does he, is, has he tried it yet? Is he tried it out in some of the meeting rooms maybe he hasn't but you know christian just got that ability to to i don't know imitate anybody <laughs> you know he's just a funny dude but yeah it's definitely gonna be him for sure well he seems like he likes to have a lot of fun but when i watch the young rookie out of clemson it seems like when he's on the field um he can have fun and, and be serious too what are your you know uh thoughts about the new defensive tackle and christian wilkins and what he brings to the table and how he's been getting along through otas yeah, I mean, he's been doing awesome. Um, you know, a new level of excitement. Um, you know, that young, fresh, you know, coming out of college. You know, I think it's good to have that kind of energy, that, that you know, playing for the love of the game, energy in the building. And, I mean, it's it's, it's adaptive. You know what I mean? It really feeds everybody else around him, feeds off of it. Um, it was a couple plays he made um, just the other day. And he just, you know, him and Nate just turned up. And it's just like, man, we need that. We need that excitement. We need that energy. So I just look forward to, um, you know, playing next to him this year and, um, you know, making plays. Has it been fun for you going through and learning this new scheme, learning the new defense and multiple positions? Guys wear multiple hats. you got to line up it as a defensive end sometimes. Maybe you kick outside on certain plays. You, you look behind you. You see TJ or Minka or, you know, somebody out of, out of position of what you think he might be in. Has it been fun for you? Oh, it's definitely been fun. Like I was saying before, um, you know, you just I learned so much more about the game and how um, intrinsic the game is and how, how many different details there are, um, how complex it can be too, but yet so simple. Um, it's just, it just makes your, your love for the game just grow. And uh, being able to read different defenses and um, understand the game a lot better. I mean, when, when I watch the game now, you know, it's just, it's just more a lot more intuitive, a lot more receptive. Um, to me, and um, it just makes the game a lot more funner. You know, when you're able to do play both positions and move around, and um, I don't know, just makes your knowledge for the game just skyrocket. So. It never makes you complacent. I-, I can tell you that because watching you guys work and watching you guys practice, you're running from drill to drill. You're moving. In. When- once you get to your drill, you guys have a high tempo. Mm-hmm. Is it been fun, kind of taking in the new coaching, the new terminology, and watching, you know, doing it one one on the uh, in the classroom on the whiteboard is one thing. But when yeah. you go out on the practice field and execute it, and even when you make a mistake, it's like, hey, we're not waiting to get back in the classroom. We're lining up and we're running it over again. Does that kind of ingrain that stuff for you guys, all the new stuff? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it makes it, it, makes it to where you have creative pressure. You know what I mean? To go from the meeting room, um, until an hour later out there on the practice field and it's like go 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 and then if you don't get it right it's like okay we own you and it's like it just makes it a lot more, it's, it's like a real life game you know our right, practices yeah. really be like games so I think uh, if you could just imitate that to the best ability and that's something that Flores has definitely done um, you, you know I just think it makes everybody across the board better it raises your level of standard across the board you know from the team perspective because um, we know every single practice is going to play like a game. It you makes you guys mean? accountable, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, right away, right? Yeah. You don't have to wait for it. It's instantaneous. You guys are getting feedback right now. Yeah, and it makes it to where, like, say, for instance, in the season, you have in-game adjustments. You know, in practice, we're going to have in-practice in adjustments. So it's just, it's just like a, a great um, parallel to what we're about to do with this season. And um, I think that just makes it a lot better for everybody. Um, you don't have, you know, from the ones all the way down to threes, fours, or whoever, whoever it is, it just makes it where everybody feel like they're in the game. And I think that's the best way to practice. Now, 
OTAs are finished, mandatory mini camps, uh, you know, through. Um, how do you feel physically? I know you, you came in maybe uh, I watched a, a couple practices earlier where you had your the bandage on your on your hand mm-hmm. kind of protecting that. How do you feel physically and are, are you where you want to be right now? Oh, for sure. Uh, physically, I just feel like you know, I feel way better than I ever have before. Um, the new level of condition that we have, you know, from uh, Dave Paloka. Um, history and staff. That's um. He kind of ramped it up. You know, he ramped it up yeah, way more than he, he has sure in previous did. years. Um. I mean, gassers. You guys been running yeah, gassers for yeah, a lot. Post practice, yeah, gassers, things like that. And I think like Coach Flo kind of said, like he he believes in conditioning. And um, you know, if you have the most conditioned team, I mean, you're not going to get tired in the fourth quarter. So, um, I just think you know, guys across the board have definitely become a lot more conditioned. Personally, I feel like I'm in better shape than I have been before. And um, just looking forward to getting out there in training camp and just, you know, putting pads on and just proving everything um, that needs to be proven. And like I said, playing along the, you know, Wilkins and, um, you know, Spence and everybody on the D-line, just, just playing along with them. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. So we had a lot of, you know, little, you know, beef in here and there between the offense, defense, yeah. and OTA. So we just... We're looking forward to that matchup. Well, this, uh, Dolphin fans listening to this podcast, Charles has a big smile on his face when when he talks about putting the pads on and getting that opportunity yeah. to get back on the field. I, I'm sure when when you hurt your was it a wrist or your finger? Yeah, or, wrist. Uh, yeah, was that wrist. on your left? On yeah, your, yeah. So, it was. so with your off season plans coming up, with um, is your left hand, your left ring finger going to be okay? Oh uh, yeah. Moving forward? <laughs> I, mean, I know. I know we got big plans coming yeah, this summer. Yeah, so, so you're going to be okay to follow through with that, right? Yeah, yeah. I ain't going to get no cold feet. So like we got that. marriage yeah. on the horizon. Yeah, for sure. Well, congratulations, for sure. Yes, man. That's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm getting married July 7th, and uh, yeah, my, my whole left hand is cool. My left <laughs> finger is good. Uh, well, I just got to check, you know? Right, I just right. want to make sure for nah, everybody. Look, she's probably checking the same thing. So. <laughs> but, nah, it's all good. Um, excited. It's going to be in Atlanta, so... You know, I'll come back from camp as a married man, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to take in. Well, that's sure. awesome, man. We wish you nothing but the best, and, and you know, b- before we want to extend our congratulations thank to you because you, you, you know we obviously will, will see you when you're a married man again, and yeah. when you come back, uh, hopefully in July, uh, hit the road running because I know this defense needs you, uh, you know, to be be the guy on the edge and be the guy all over this defense to to make it to take it to the next level. So we just want to say congratulations on behalf of the whole crew here with the Audible. And, and the Miami Dolphins on your upcoming marriage and yes. can't wait to see you back in uniform when you get back. For sure. Thank you all. Thank you for having me. We're going to get it done for sure. You got it, man. All right. Thank you. All right, so I think Charles feels the weight of, of what's expected of him. Uh, there's been a lot of talk since he's been here. You know, did, you know, did they make a mistake? You know, all that stuff that comes along with him. I think Charles is a hardworking guy. I think he's got a lot of athletic ability. He's just got to find his niche. He's got to find his way. He's got to find some way to be that other guy. Maybe a, maybe that position change. Maybe a little couple different things, a little opportunities for him, or a defense that maybe set up for him to to make some plays. But one way or another, Charles Harris has to play like like a first round player beginning right now well you hope so you know he has the maturity this is a guy that works extremely hard at his craft and and maybe it's a new voice you know new coaching staff coming in Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator, you, you get another guy, another voice. Maybe the scheme change, it helps him to put yeah. his hand in the dirt sometimes. Maybe it's a two-point stance, drops him off into some types of coverage. He, you know, he mentioned he's getting married in the offseason. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are on his plate, but I know how important football is to the guy just by sitting down and talking yeah. with him, see, watching him practice. Yeah. So maybe it's this year, maybe, and it has to be because there's not, there's not anybody else that's going to come yeah. in with veteran 
veteran pedigree that that has had 10 sacks in a season or even you know double yeah. digit tackles for losses in a season that's going to come in and do it for the Miami Dolphins yeah. it's his job to come in and do those types of things and put up some numbers that make a difference on a defense that's looking for playmakers yeah. he, he you know he, he checks all the boxes when you look at a player like him like you talked about effort studies prepares all these things that one box that's unchecked is is big plays key plays game changing plays right and that's that's where he's got to find find his way so and, and if you get a guy like that then it certainly is going to help the guys in the back of your defense in the back side and you bring in Eric Rowe. He's around. This will be his fifth year, I believe, coming in yes. now. Uh, Cordray Tankers. He was coming off the injury last year. You know that was a, he had a chance, and then and, and he went down. Coming back off an Achilles, it's not an easy thing to do for a cornerback. But he's got to find a way to to get in there and 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 you know and 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 challenge for that, challenge for that spot. That spot opposite Xavier is wide open. And and right now, I would say Eric Rowe's probably got his 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 foot in the door. But Tank's got to come back and, and and yank him out of it and put himself in there if he wants to. If not, then Eric Rose just got to come up and, and play. But now there's a number of guys out there. He's not, you know, those aren't the only two guys, but those are two guys that I want to take a good look at early in training camp and see, you know, how they're progressing and are they ready to make the, to be guys. Eric Rowe, we haven't seen much of him. Uh, but we know kind of what his history is. Right. He's got to step up, or Tank's got to step up because they've got to they've there's enough good players in that secondary where if you can lock down that other corner spot, boy, they, they could be they could be a pretty interesting bunch back there. Well, it's sure going to help this defense that's looking for playmakers if somebody can step up op- opposite X. Because if you're an opposing quarterback, you're just licking your fingers and your chops going, I'm not going to go challenge the Pro Bowl or I'm not going to go challenge the strength of the defense. Yeah. I'm going to go over here where there's a whole, not a whole lot of experience in terms of starting, in terms of making plays, in terms of being consistent. I'm going to go and attack man-to-man coverage yeah. over on that side or at least zone coverage on that side. I'll take my chances. Now, it's up to one of those guys or a bunch of those guys on the roster that are young and inexperienced to prove to the Dolphins coaching staff that, hey, I'm your guy. Yeah. I, you can count on me to uphold my end of the bargain because if not, you're going to face Tom Brady in week two. Yeah. You're going to face face Phillip Rivers, I think, in week four. And it doesn't matter where you're playing, home or on the road, that's where yeah. the ball's going to go. Yeah. So you have to be able, during training camp in the preseason, as we all take an evaluation of this defense, who are going to be the one or two guys that you're going to count on? Because, Bo, in my opinion, it's going to take more than one guy no doubt. To, to be able to hold down that position. So who are the two or three guys you know, if it's Roe, great. I, I'm all for yeah. it. If it's Tank, I'm all for it. But if it's one of the younger guys that help out in that position, because if Bobby McCain's going to play a little bit more safety and you're going to bring, you know, multiple guys down at that yeah. nickel spot and you're going to play dime some, yeah. just like, you know, this staff did in New England, you got to have multiple have guys that play that there. position. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, when we, kind of when we go through this, you, you go for the, the traditional four defensive backs. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the, tr- the traditional four defensive backs are probably out on the field, maybe. What five or six plays? A game? <laughs> Maybe, you know? yeah, just like the linebackers, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, you know, what I, I I remember you, you, you know, you come out in first, you come out in first down. Now, nowadays, 
you used to be you come out and everyone comes out in base, right? Yeah. Base offense, base defense. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, tight end. You may come out in two tights, but you're, you know, base offense, best defense, <clears throat> base defense. Now you come out and no running four, backs. Four empty backfield, <laughs> four wide, five defensive backs, six defensive backs. You go, oh, okay, it's, it's a different it's that's, a different day now. You that's know? where you look like the traffic cop on the <laughs> sideline if you're the right. guy trying to get the right personnel exactly, in. Exactly, no doubt about it. So so they're gonna be Really, really important. And then on the offensive side of the football, but there, there are a lot of guys that have opportunities here, and 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 guys. And we go back go back to the, the rookies from last year at the tight end spot. Uh, Mike Gusecki, Durham Smythe, two guys that, that I think we probably expected too much out of them their rookie year. As I got to watch his season long, I looked at Mike and I go, Gusecki, you know what? He needs a year in the. He wasn't room. ready. He, he needs a year in the weight room, and and, and you know what? He, he not. Not only has he gotten stronger during the offseason, but you know, I, I think I think I don't want to I don't want to say he came in thinking that it was going to be easy to step into an NFL tight end position. Maybe but easier, I think, but I think he e- easier than what he yeah, got. Yeah, easier than what he saw. He didn't expect uh, because it, they asked him to block a lot, and that's not his thing. I don't know that this team, the way it's made up right now, and with his staff, I don't think they're going to ask him to block a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be. Hey, do what you can out there, but you're our pass catching guy. Right, we're, we're going to use you that way, much like New England has used their tight ends all along the all along the way. And, and the same thing could be said for Durham Smythe. You know, Durham, and you look those guys. They got Dwayne Allen. They went out and they get Clyde Walford. Right, and and to me, right now, the best tight end on the roster through OTAs is Nick O'Leary. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy that's always out there, and you always you always see him make him play smart. Ball's never on doing. the ground. No, knows what he's doing. So can do a little bit of everything. Those guys have a challenge. You know, one of those guys may find himself on the outside looking in. I know. If they don't step up with the guys that they've brought in uh, as veteran tight ends, so those guys need to step up in in, in a big way. I, I think that you know Gasecki's got to be a guy that's he's got to be in that 40, 50 catch range somewhere in there. I don't know if that's reasonable, but but based on what we've seen out of the organization up north and the way they utilize their tight ends. If he's your number one guy, you got to produce those kind of numbers. I think I think the numbers you you throw out there are perfect. I just don't know if he's the guy right. that's going to get it done. And we're going to get to see. You know, he's going to get a chance to prove himself again. Right. This is like well, for his, him to do it. He's got to he's got to take that, that next step. step, right? Because I think last year you can hit delete, you can hit erase, you can yeah. do whatever you need to do because it's non-existent to this staff. They're, they've got a clean slate with a guy that's. Got great size. He has great hands. He has great catch radius. Can he can he get space? Oh, yeah. Can he create space? Can he get there quickly enough to be able to be open when the quarterback's yeah. ready to to deliver the football? Those are the things that you have to watch for in training camp and in the preseason. How many reps is is Mike Gesicki yeah. going to get? to prove himself that he belongs in this system and on this team. That's one thing you got to circle yeah. on this offense. Well, I think the other thing, too, is I think the way they use him will be different. I don't think he's going to be an inline guy. <clears throat> you know, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's always on the move right. and, then, and then coming out of his move into the into a route. You know, much like we've seen the Edelmans and the Woodheads and the Wes Welkers up in New England, like that guy run those crossing routes that 
get the ball to him in front of him, let him go, let him, mm-hmm. let him chase the ball, and then try to create some and, space, and create for some him. space, and, yeah. yeah, and do that. So, you know, depending on the way they use them, those guys are going to have to have to step up. The, the other situation too, and, and and this is one that you feel good about, at least I do, is that running back spot with Kenyon Drake, and especially with Kalen Balaj and what he did late in the year. And I know they got some young guys in there and some other people, but to me, those are the two guys that. You know, you, you you lose a guy like Frank Gore, who was so valuable to this team. He got the bulk last of the carries. Year and got the bulk of the carries. Now it's up to these two young guys. But they're both, you know, you got one guy that's just a, a speed burner, but that's a strong player. And Balage, who who you look as a power guy, we he's saw last year. He's got some top speed. Some, he got some speed to break it. So those two guys, I think, are the other guys that you look at and say, hey, they make a they make a quantum leap forward. And boy, this offense could be. A lot better than, than than some people out there may expect it to well, be. Well, it's going to make it a whole lot easier for Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, whoever the quarterback of this football team is, because now you have the first down play action opportunities. Yeah. Now you have uh, them getting in out of the backfield and into the flat and into the crossing routes where you, you're able to isolate those guys on linebackers and, and they can catch the football out of the backfield. So you've got a, a dual threat in terms of it doesn't matter who it is, if it's Drake or Balage, yep. being able to run it, catch it, pass protect. Uh, I think for Balage, it's more about uh, recognition, new system, yep. being able to you know take everything that the offensive coordinator, Chad O'Shea, is going to throw at him and be able to have answers, say, yeah, that's my guy, I'm yep. chipping now, uh, I've got the linebacker, I'm free release, or this is my split on this set. You know, Those are, those are, those are the things I noticed during OTAs that – uh, this offense, you really have to pay attention of where you're lined up in yeah. certain sets and what you're being asked to do. And I think both the guys can do all those things. It's just that who's going to get the opportunities, who's going to prove it to the staff that they deserve first opportunity yeah. and, at, at running or catching it. And we've seen before, you know, <clears throat> up in New England, where you know, guy doesn't guy doesn't get off to a quick start, but you're on the bench. And we're going to bring this other guy in. So it, it's, you know, there's not going to be any, oh, that's our guy. Let's get him, let's get let's, him into the second no, quarter. No, 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 no he's no, already. No. You, you, you drop yeah. the ball. No, no, no. It's, it's, but, but look, that's, that's, that's just kind of the way it, it should be in, in this league. And, get and that job, guy gets, down and, <clears throat> gets his opportunity right away yes. again. You know, yes. it's not like the, he's, he's in jail or he's, no. he's in timeout for, you know, the whole game. No. That guy's he's back in chance, the game. But, but you better do something. You better do something, right. And, and, and maybe even maybe more so than do something, don't do the wrong thing. <laughs> don't do right? that again. Don't do that again. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to get you, – you, you, you can't make – you can't be in the play – you can't be on the field for seven plays and make two mistakes. Right. Uh, because then you're not going to get on the field. Hurt again. your football and, team. Then, yeah. then you might see week two or week yeah, three. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, kind of along the line working with them, Jesse Davis. You know, here's a guy's been around a little bit. Got a chance to play a lot of football last year. Not sure where he's going to be. Looks like Michael Dieter is pretty much embedded. Going to be embedded in there with the opportunity to to keep that job. Uh, so that's going to leave one of those guard spots open. Or there's still that left tackle position right. that you look up. You know, they got Stirrup. They got the rookie. They got uh, and Jesse Davis may get his opportunity over there. And I think he's played. He played enough last year to where he understands it. And and I've got to feel like he believes when he left this team, left this, uh, left for the offseason, left for this this vacation, believes that hey, I can play in this league. I can be good in this league. I've got to go out and steal one of those positions and make it my own 
early on. Well, the good thing about Jesse Davis is, and we talked about the flexibility up front with, you know, Taylor and Godchow and being able to play all over the place and having, you know, your first round draft choice and Wilkins being able to play three different positions. I think Davis, you know, he's a natural fit on the right side at guard if if you'd like to keep him there with Mills maybe on the outside, but he can also flip outside, whether it's position flexibility, whether it's due to injury, and now you've got Chris Reed that can plug in at one of those guard spots along with Dieter, who's challenging on the left side. You've got some bodies in there that have played and you don't have to really test the rookie if he's not ready. So the rookie's going to have that opportunity to be able to come in and play right away, but you've got some guys that can play multiple position. I I think Reed can play center if something happened to DK. So he can bump inside as well. So you've got guys like Davis that can start and be a a solid guy on the right side inside at guard, but he can also bounce outside and play tackle if need be. So you've got some position flexibility up front that that allows you to do multiple things. And I'm sure Coach Flattery, the offensive line coach, is feeling pretty good about what he's got up there. They just want, you know, that, that line has to be God, you want him to be that hard yeah. nose, that tough, yeah. those tough guys up front to be able to depend on for 16 weeks. If you can get those guys to line up, you're yeah. going to have a better football you know, team. Just, just give me guys, give me guys out there that want to play, that that'll play hurt, and that that aren't bending over and picking up their opponent. Leave them on the ground, step on their hand if you want. You know, <laughs> yeah. for me, an offensive line. That's, that, the, that's, that's the mentality. That's, the quint, that's a quintessential offensive lineman yeah. to me. You know, hey, you, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you a hand up, but if your hand's laying on the ground, uh, I'm may, gonna put I my may, cleats on it. Maybe on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No <laughs> doubt about that. The, the other thing I think, and this is a little, this is kind of a different situation. I think there's three guys out there that you look at offensively that that are battling, and and someone steps up and needs to be a guy, the guy. You know, maybe not the the top top guy, but he's got to be the guy. And here's a guy we've been talking about forever, it seems like. Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this has been another offseason where, ooh, and ah, ooh, oh. Oh, Devontae Parker. But, you know, we, we've seen that. We've seen that. Been there. Done that. And then once the season rolls around, he kind of kind you disappear of or or he's, or he's not the available. Exactly. And, and whether one way or another, whether he's just not – he's on the field, but he's but he's invisible or he's, he's, he's not, you know, nicked up and not right. playing. He, that's something he's got to – Overcome, but like again, you saw him do some good things out here in yes, OTAs we did. and mini camps. Isaiah Ford, Preston Williams, two guys I think out of those three, this team needs to find one of those guys has to be a guy that's a regular guy that's playing to elevate 20, the group 20, 30, 20, right. 30 snaps for you out there and, and getting six, seven, eight targets or stepping up and being a guy that hey, you want to give him. 9, 10, 12 targets. That's right. You, know? you never know how the ball's going to be distributed in any game. Yep. And whether you're a big part of that game plan or not, you know, if you're not open or the coverage dictates, it's going somewhere else. So that's why, you know, we talk about Devontae Parker. We know what Kenny Stills brings to the table. We know what Albert Wilson and, and Jakeem Grant bring to the table with terms of their speed, in terms of their hands and their route running ability. But who else? So, so they got to pick up the slack when, when those aren't available to you. And you're Devontae Parker and you're a 6'3 frame at 215 pounds. You've got to be able to take over a game now and then. And you hope that this is his year. And if not, it's a young guy. And we saw Isaiah Ford. You know, he's he's looked available at practice. He's looked like he can catch the football, whether he's in the slot or outside. And then a young rookie in Preston Williams – 
this guy looks like a, a guy that's been in the league a couple years yeah. that you just maybe was due to injury. You didn't hear about him. And all of a sudden he's luckily with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Well, this is a guy that, you know, from Colorado State that came in and really did a, a, a well of a job. I thought in OTAs. Now, can he carry that over into the preseason? And can he be consistent enough? Can he be mentally strong enough to be able to fight through his mistakes that he's going to make and be able to come out on the right end of that? Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, remember, you can get in and, uh, and send your questions in. We're going to answer some questions here shortly. Facebook, you can come in. Twitter, you can come in. Go to the Miami Dolphins Facebook page, the Twitter account, and get your questions on here, and we'll answer them as we go forward. So let's go ahead and, and yeah, let's do, do that. some but of these but questions. I, but I think kind of just to wrap things up, I think, you know, those those guys that, that really could make this football team – you know, they, they could make this team be what people expect them to be this year, or they can be the guys that make a difference and go, ooh, I didn't think that football team... I didn't team, think they were going to be that good. I didn't think they were going to be that good. Yeah. And I think all those guys uh, have the opportunity to help make the football team that way. Out of Facebook, Robert Mann, we only hope that our O-line stays healthy or our depth is way better than years past or will not do well at all. Well, you know, you, you can really say that for every football team out there. You know, your offensive line staying healthy... Um, you know, it, Boy, it would be a nice luxury. Yes. You no, know, no it, the it. way that the offensive line was kind of from the first two or three Shredded. weeks in the middle of your offensive yeah. line, the two big veterans you, that you're counting on are gone for the season. Boy, that, that didn't help the Miami Dolphins last year. No, no, not at all. So I, I agree with that. And offensive line, look, it's, you know, you, you, know, you kind of yearn for the days when you got that offensive line, it just, it's just steamrolling yeah. people. And we'll, we'll see if we can get there. Uh, Facebook from Chuck Markman. Coach Flores is absolutely correct. Coach Shula's teams in the 70s, 80s were consistently the least penalized and at the bottom of numbers in turnovers. I like the discipline old school approach of zero tolerance uh, for mistakes. Players buy into this. There will be a noticeable improvement. I I, 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 I can't agree anymore. Uh, you know, we, we've, you know, I, I don't care if you're the most talented team in this league or the least talented team in this league. If you're giving up 110, 120, 130 yards a week in in penalties, and uh, and you're giving the ball away, or you're creating, or you're you're you're, you're having mental mental errors that don't allow you to get in position, you got no shot. Can't win. You, you got no chance. I don't care. I don't care how good a personnel you have. If you don't take care of those things, which are paramount, which paramount, but also like 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 uh, Coach Flores has said. You know, TNT takes no talent. Those things don't. You know, you know, not committing penalties. You know, mental mental errors doesn't take talent. Lining up where you're that. supposed to be. Exactly. Not jumping offsides on offense. Not anticipating the snap count on defense. You know, those grabs, those holds, all those little things sometimes that are driven by fatigue or, or just mental errors. You can live with some of them, but you can't live with them all season no. long like the Dolphins have, you know, for the past probably four or five seasons. Yeah, no doubt. It's good. It, and look, I think from what I've seen, I've always said, you know, if you, if you, if you get penalized in a, in a game, there's got to be a consequence. And even if it's just walking over the sideline and the coach getting in your ear, and I don't mean shredding you, but but hey, you know, goddamn, knowing that you're have, accountable. Look, if, you're, if you're not, if you don't want to, you don't want to stay on side. Sit on the bench. I'll get someone else in there. Right. You know, just you got to. That's exactly it. Be accountable. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here with uh, a Twitter at uh, TPR32. Do you guys like seeing teams do joint practices like we're doing the Bucks? If so, would you rather be the team traveling or staying at your own facility? I think I think any time that you you like to stay at your own own right. facility, <clears throat> just because it's it's easier. But I, I love the joint practices. You know, rather than the playing against your own guys, it, it first of all, it's always going to bring more intensity. Yeah. 
because you're playing against someone you don't know. There, you know, you're, it livens everything it, up. It livens everything, and, yeah. and things become more intense and they become more important. They become you know? more game like, yes, because you don't want to look bad, and you're going to play these guys in the next three days, right? You know, you're gonna it's going to go down. Uh, you know, this in this year, it's going to be in Tampa Bay, so they'll be playing at Raymond James under the lights, second preseason game. So you get to learn a little bit about that team, but you never you never want to look bad at practice yeah. because you line up in the game and it's the same guy you, that is beating you. For yeah. two days in a row. Yeah, and, and look, you, and you see someone that does different things. Right. You know, he's got. If you're, if, a, if you're an offensive tackle, you've been used to watching Charles Harris, and, and you know his moves, and you can kind of see him coming. Yeah. Whereas now you got some guy. You got, I got to figure out. I, it I don't, sharpens I don't your know skills about this guy. Absolutely, Absolutely does. As far as whether you're a team or go, it doesn't. You know, like I said, obviously you like to be at home, but. I don't think Sometimes really... I, I think if the, if you get the right approach, the mental approach, the team on the road might be able to bond a little bit because yeah. you're kind of everybody's looking out for themselves. Yeah. Everything's different. You don't relax at all, whether yeah. you're on the field or off the field. Well, you know what I like about it? Because I've been on a handful of these trips, John, with these guys. And, and we did it. We used to go up to Atlanta yeah. and, and do it or, or we'd go to Vero. But that was only a day trip. Um, but, you know, you, you do bond a little bit. And, and you know what? You, you, you get to bond with the guys that. It's one thing if you're on the road during the regular season, but now you got all the rookies there. You got all these young, so you get you you know you you get to know different guys. You get to kind of. See well, you're sitting next bit. to a guy in the bus you haven't sat next to in the locker room exactly. all year, yeah, or don't really know, right? And now you're sitting at dinner and you just there's a seat over here where I'm sitting next to two guys I haven't yeah, you know exactly. ever went to dinner with, yeah. So, so it's, I, it's a little it's pretty good I think it, sometimes. It and, and, and look, I, I think the way, at least the way the uh, conversation seems to be going. Right now in the NFL, I think there's more and more. You know, you're starting to see a little more momentum getting coming back up for that 18 game season, two preseason games, and and I think it's going to be inevitable at some point. And, and if that's going to be the case, the easy thing for me is say, okay, play two preseason games, but do joint practices before each of those games, one at home, one, one on the away. road, because to me that's almost like playing four games. If you do that, if you get those two or three days of practice with against that team and then play them, to me that's the equivalent of, of two preseason games. Do it twice and then. So I so I think there's a, you know, I think there's a big advantage to do it, and I and I think also looking down the road, that, that that's going to be what would what would get them over the top to say, hey, shorten shorten e- preseason. Even after a shortened preseason, we're in we're in we're in, we're ready to ready go to play game be, shape because we've practiced yeah. against teams a couple times, yeah. as well as we played the game. So. I think that's kind of what we're looking forward to. John, that's going to do it for today, man. Hit that was some, fun, hit Bo. Some, hit some fan questions. Good Again, questions. Let me remind the fans that uh, you can come in with some of those questions. Now, there are a couple guys that I don't, you know, Tommy Clogs. Well, is is he, he still standing? Some stinky some... questions. <laughs> questions always, they always have a, a, a smell around them. They just don't don't seem to fit with me. I heard Tommy Clogs bad luck, but yeah. I'm just saying. And in light on the dome, I, I've given up on him. I, you know, done. No, I'm saying dark on the dome. He got no, he got got nothing on the dome. You know, <laughs> so so I'm 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 a limit. They're they're in they are in purgatory. Okay, so not, not, not 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 time not out. Time out. Not just coming back. Gone. Okay. Gone. They might as well be six feet He's under. He's lighting the dome. Six there. feet under as far as I'm concerned with those two guys. <laughs> especially especially Tommy Clogs. That, that, yeah, he's got a stench about ooh, him. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's... Ooh, ooh. Anyway, John Kajemi, I'm Kimbo Camper. Thanks for joining us on The Audible. We'll catch you again next week. Until then, stay safe.